Hello, world. This is your host, Rachel Pickman. We are podcasting live in Philadelphia. You are listening into The Mindful Mind. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Aliza Ben Shalom. She is a dating coach and also just a ball of energy. And we are so lucky to have her here today. Hi, Aliza. Hi, Rachel. Thank Hi. you so much for having me. <laughs> We're so lucky to have you. Thank you for coming on this show. Uh, today, we are going to be speaking about dating and vulnerability. <laughs> so, the first question I have is, what is your general definition of vulnerability? So, I think vulnerability, first of all, gets a bad rap. Because it really talks about somebody being exposed, whether you know physically, emotionally, it's just, it feels negative. Mm-hmm. But really, when I think about vulnerability, I think about it more in a positive sense, about, in a healthy way, revealing oneself, opening oneself, being able to share who you are with somebody, and being comfortable enough and, or uncomfortable with the uncomfortable, mm. and being real and therefore being vulnerable. That's how I like to think about vulnerability and and how it is different from what I think that the translation of it really is. Sometimes you just have to push through. It's not because you want to do it. It's not because you think you should do it. It's not because you think it's going to help. It's just because this is what the moment needs. The moment needs you to open up. The moment needs you to share. Even like small nothing situations which you know, the grocery store clerk, when they say, how are you, Rachel? How's your day? And instead of smiling and going, good, you're like, actually, it's kind of been a lousy day. The weather's not so great. And I've had a rough morning. <laughs> and I'm not, don't, uh, don't worry, I'm not trying to make you my therapist, but you really asked how I was and I wanted to share. Like, I just wanted to take a moment to be open and vulnerable and share. Like, I'm not having the best day. When do you think someone should reveal their insecurities to their partner? Do you think it should even be revealed? Right. It's kind of a loaded question. So the first answer is not on a first date. You're like, please don't do word vomit. You are not starting off on the right foot if you started off on mm-hmm. the first date. When, when do you need, like, there's a fine line, right? There's vulnerability, and then there's, now I'm telling you things because I feel obligated, because mm-hmm. I should, because I have to tell you every detail of my life if you're going to be my life partner. I don't necessarily believe in that. I believe in opening up and sharing in the right moment information that's appropriate for that moment, but it doesn't have to be any specific timeline, and it doesn't have to be any specific information, and it definitely should not be all of it. Right? So it's kind of like when you let air out of a balloon, it's like slowly, slowly leak it out. Mm-hmm. And like dip your baby toe in the water and like test it out and like be a little bit vulnerable with one share, mm-hmm. one mini story, one something, mm-hmm. and see how receptive somebody is. And if you're comfortable or if you're neutral, you're like, well, you didn't make me feel better about this, but you didn't make me feel worse. So, like, okay, try again. And do it a little bit deeper or a little bit more open. Again, we don't want to reveal these big, deep, dark secrets until we know that we have somebody who's safe for us to share the information with. Yeah, it's like conscious vulnerability in small doses. Oh, I... (laughs) 
I just swallowed it in small doses. That's the answer. How do you do it? You do it consciously and you do it little by little by little Mm -hmm. so that it becomes a safe space for you to be open. My husband always says that a sign of intelligence is delayed gratification. So like, (laughs) you're smart if you know that the payoff is going to be good and big if you have a quality human being and you are never getting Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. They're going to be perfect just for you. You're going to appreciate who they are and what they are. And there's going to be things that you just don't like. Yeah. And you don't have to like those things ever. You can still get married to them and never like those things. But you can love the person, but not those traits and qualities. But it's every everything else that is in that package, which is why you stay in that relationship. For the things that you love. Exactly. So it's your focus. Right. Right. And what you feed grows. So feed the negativity and let me tell you everything that's wrong mm. with you. It's going to grow. Feed the positivity. I love these things about you. This part just bothers me a little. So I don't want to do something about it. But here you are and you're wonderful. And I'm so happy to be in this feed, feed, feed to the positive. Then it gives us room to tweak this without hyper focusing mm. on it. Because you and I both know how amazing you are. And we can both see that. So now I'm motivated to become even more amazing. Because you recognize my greatness. So I can even become greater. But if you don't even see my greatness to begin with, so I'm nothing to you. So it's not even worth me making an effort because you don't even know who I am. So real love is based on virtues and what I know about somebody. I know that you are kind and generous and warm and loving. And because I know these things, I feel connected to you. I feel loving feelings towards you. I Feel like I want to be around you and be with you because of everything that I know about you. And the more things that I detail out that I know about you, that I appreciate about you, the more I feel lovingly connected to you. Mm-hmm. Lust is like, ten o'clock, check it out, right? <laughs> like there's like a moment where you're like, I am. My brain is going, wow, hot. And they might sweet talk you, and might you might be thinking like. Yeah, and I'm feeling really good with this too. And then it's like, well, wait, is it lust or is it love? So I would ask you, what do you know about them? Mm-hmm. What are the virtues and the positive things besides their good looks can you say that you actually like about this person? What's important to you? What, what actually makes a difference? I want to know to the detail what you like about this person, what you appreciate about this person, what you value about this person. When you know those things, then you could come tell me you're in love. I'll actually believe you and you can tell me, I'll say why and you'll tell me why. We receive love and experience love in different ways. And if you give me a gift, I'm like, oh, thank you so much for the gift, right? That's nice. But if you give me a compliment or words of affirmation that lets me know that you understand me, you see me, you get me, oh, to me, that's a moment. And to somebody else, quality time, like you just spend time with them, you are with them, doesn't matter what you bring, it doesn't, none of that. They just want to be with you. They just want to experience that moment with you. To them, that's everything. For somebody else, it's like, give me a back scratch. I just want a back scratch. I just, like, I need physical touch. I need something. And that, or a foot rub. Like, that is love. And I feel loved when you do those things. And it doesn't, to me, like, if you tell me your love language and it's different from mine, my brain doesn't really get it. I don't really get it because I don't connect to that. That's not mine. I can just tell you mine is like this and that's what makes me feel good. I mean, I guess I can do that for you, but does it really make you feel good? Like I'm always questioning. Yeah. Does that actually make you feel good? Because it doesn't make me feel good. 
So it's difficult to understand other people's love languages, but when you learn about them, it really does bridge the gap in connection and communication. And then that's where the vulnerability comes in too. You can't be vulnerable if you're not speaking the same languages. You can't open up if you're not communicating with somebody to show that you really get them. If I really got you and I really understood you, I would speak to you. I wouldn't just speak like I'm speaking to anybody Mm -hmm. in the room. I would speak just to you. And you would know I get you. Then we could be open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do that, then we miss the opportunity. And then we miss the place for healthy vulnerability to exist. The person that doesn't find what they're looking for is the person that stops looking. Mm -hmm. So number one, you want to find your person, don't stop looking. If you didn't find them, no problem. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow is tomorrow. Right? Maybe in a few days. Maybe next week. Maybe maybe next week. I don't know when it's going to be. But the one thing that I know is that the person exists in the world. It's kind of in the blueprint of the world. We came down like our soul was split and it was put into two bodies and it comes down into this world. And then we play this game of Where's Waldo? By the way, I totally want to get a Waldo hat. I want to do like a marketing campaign about like, where's Waldo? Like, where is my soulmate? And, And then we go about the process of actually finding them. And if we haven't found them, it's not because you didn't look. It's just because it hasn't been the right time. Right. When is the right time? How? I don't know. I don't know when it's going to be the right time. But if it's not today, it does have the potential to be another day. If you're in a healthy mindset and an okay space, if you can create a space that you allow yourself to be ready for whenever it comes, even if you have to fail 99 times before you find that right person. If you are like a do or die person, like I will find my person. You will find them. You'll be determined. You have to be determined. You have to be determined and don't let failures derail you. Failure is an enormous success because you just said no to the person that's not your soulmate. Yay, that's a win. You're filtering. You're filtering, it's perfect. But failure doesn't feel very good, even though it is a dating success to fail. It doesn't even make sense. It like feels wrong. And the problem is that every time it's wrong until it's actually right. And so basically you fail your entire life in dating and relationships. You fail and fail and fail and fail. And it could be two years or 10 years or 20 years or 50 years. And then you finally succeed. And you're like, it never happened. It never happened, right? And then all of a sudden, but one day it happened. (laughs) Stay motivated. Would you like to announce your books, actually, that may actually help with motivation? Yes. Yeah. So my first book is called Get Real, Get Married, Mm -hmm. and it's all about helping singles to get over their hurdles and under the chuppah, or down the aisle, (laughs) as we like to say. And it's on Amazon. And also on Amazon is Virtual Dating, your guide to a relationship in a socially distanced world. And that is exactly what we were going through, my friends. The new normal. The new normal. Mm -hmm. And both of them are available um, hard copy or ebook. Thank you. We got some awesome content here. Thank you so much for having me. It's really enjoyable. Yeah, it really was. Listeners, you have just listened to The Mindful Mind. My name is Rachel Pickman. I am your host. You just listened to my special guest, Aliza Ben Shalom. We hope that you received some pieces of information that helped you.